0: Welcome to episode 36 of Cue the Duck Boats Podcast. How are you two boys feeling today in this beautiful, kind of muggy Sunday morning, at least in Rhode Island? How is it over in, Connor, I honestly have no idea where you live. I tell (laughs) people different things all the time, like Iowa, Illinois, Kentucky, the Midwest,
1: Iowa-Illinois border, right along the Mississippi River, technically on the Illinois side, but it is a brisk 60 degrees and damp and rainy this morning. Kind of dreary outside, but that nice. Leave the screen door open. Leave the windows open. Weather, the perfect time for a cue the duck boats hoodie. You know what I'm saying? Go to the inside the rink store and pick one up for
0: yourself. Won't be that one though. That one's Carhartt, and we had to buy those ourselves. But if you want that one, slide in our DMs, and I'll give I'll cut you a great deal. But we do have some nice gilded heavy blend ones. They are nice. They're nice gilded heavy blend cue the duck boats hoodies we have on the website. And um buy those now. Kev, how's the weather over on Nantucket?
2: Um it looks kinda nice out. I just woke up, so haven't really ventured outside into the unknown world.
0: Thank you for that great analysis. You Noah, know I'm gonna hit you with back to back questions. Give us a number thirty six, Kevin.
2: Uh I'm going to deal with uh, Mr. Matt Zuccarello for the Minnesota Wild.
0: Oh, a little wild action early in the podcast. We haven't even hit that segment yet, Kevin. Relax. All right. Well, another kind of slow week-ish. Another slow week-ish in the NHL. We're still in the dog days of summer. We're almost done. Um, Players are reporting back to their cities. Things are about to kick up. Definitely have a lot of different thoughts here. Um, Anything you guys want to touch into before we get into the dirty water?
1: Um, I guess one of the insignificant things that we could just cover real quick is the PTOs in the league. Yeah, you wanna do that? There was a few of them. Yeah, so uh PTO signing, quick and easy. Most of these are pretty much nothing to you know shake a stick at. Calvin Dehan signs PTO in Carolina. Danny DeKaiser, ex Red Wing, signs in Vancouver, Scott Harrington, a PTO in San Jose, and Zach Aston Reese. Signs in Toronto. Yeah, that was so, probably the most you know shocking yeah. out of them all.
0: I actually I think that it shows how the money just isn't there right now. The money really just isn't there because guys like Calvin DeHaan and Zach Ashton Reese two three four years ago before COVID are getting a one way contract. They're not Absolutely. signing a PTO, and, and that's just a reality. And I would like to think that if Zach Ashton Reese is making the roster in Toronto, his deal's already done. And they said that on 32 Thoughts. I listened to the last episode, and they, they were talking about how, like, he's a guy who really should be getting a contract. So this yeah. PTO might be a formality kind of like – you remember the Mike Hoffman one from a couple of years ago at the St. Louis?
1: Yeah, you, you got to wait until the season starts yeah. and then the LTIR works out and you have some cap yeah. space and go from there. And Kevin just casually chugging down some orange juice over here. Not a big deal.
2: Anything to say about that, Kev, or no? It was was Sunny D, actually, so...
1: Oh, you (laughs) You are so
2: classy, it hurts. What a savage.
1: So for people that, you know, obviously we started recording after this happened, but Kevin hops on the stream with us today to get ready to record... And he starts opening the most crinkly frickin' sandwich we've ever heard. Shout out to mom for making that sandwich for Kevin. It was a good breakfast
2: sandwich.
0: Joni, shout out Joni. We were a solid, like, just 15 minutes late to recording because we had to watch and listen to every bite, like, every single bite of Kevin's sandwich. It was fantastic, exactly how I wanted to start my Sunday. Um, but let's, let's just get it rolling here. Let's get into that dirty water. Let's talk Boston Bruins. We have a little bit of news, not really more just predictions, but let's get into it. So more or less really with the Bruins, it's just things that happen within our group chat creates our own news at this point because nothing's going on. I That's think the, the biggest thing we've talked about in the last couple of weeks is Trent Frederick. I've seen for a fact just via social media and through different accounts, Trent Frederick has been dialed in the summer and he's been working out and he looks ready to go. I've heard from, you know, interviews listening to Jim Montgomery. He expects big things from Trent Frederick. I've heard whispers from around the NHL. People think this is Trent Frederick's breakout year. That's what I'm hearing. And I'm going with it and I'm rolling with it. And I've always been a Trent Frederick guy, so I'm not gonna stop now. Um, do I ever expect Trent Frederick to be a one C? No, no, I don't. But I do think he's going to be a formidable top nine player who can play up and down your lineup, can play meaningful minutes. And the guy you want on your side in the playoffs. It, let's hear your takes on it.
1: See, I'm not as, as cold as you. And don't get me wrong when he first kind of, you know, broke into the league and fought, I believe it was Matthew Perot, who recently retired, um, I was on the train. I was on that Freddie Fight Club train, and I was super excited. You know, one of my favorite Bruins players ever is honestly Sean Thornton. I love that dude. So to see Trent Frederick coming up and being able to do, you know, similar things, that was really exciting as just like a pure hockey fan. But in the back of my mind, I, I don't see it. Like, I hear what you're saying about had a really great summer, really dialed in, etc. cetera. I don't buy any of that stuff. You hear it every year. With yeah, but I mean, and, we, you know, it doesn't pan out. That's tough, though, because
0: I've had many conversations with you, even last year, where you argued you thought, Fred, you thought Trent Frederick was poised for a breakout year. So what changed your mind? He hasn't done anything to change your mind. Is it just you changing your own mind?
1: I think the Bruins organization changed my mind. Like, I feel like they false started him. And they brought him in to play a role where he was, you know, the rough and tumble, drop the gloves, be, you know, in people's faces, like a really aggressive player on the ice. And then he did a couple of stupid things on the ice, got some, you know, really dumb penalties. And then they're like, whoa, 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 like pump the brakes. You need to calm down. And he got a little heat in the media, of course, from some other teams. I believe that was around the Kirill Kaprizov hit, if I'm not mistaken. And Ovechkin, probably. And Ovechkin, Ovechkin where uh, Ovechkin kind of speared him in the in the stones. So Trent Frederick doesn't like Russians. Who sees a problem? I don't know. But uh, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm stuck with Trent Frederick. Like, I feel like he was playing his game in Boston, and then they said, hey, cut that shit out. And then you saw him last year after that. And he was a completely different person. You didn't see that, that spark. Yeah, he didn't have
0: – he, he, he wasn't out there chirping, wasn't out there running around, but he did – you know, he had eight goals. He, he did okay. I, I really don't I, – I think that we – I think it's too early for us to give this judgment on Trent Frederick. I think we need to give him another year with a new coach and see if it works. If it doesn't work under another coach, I'm with you on that. But I do think we generally if they need let if him – If they, they let him play, play. They need to let him play. I think Trent Frederick, the player, could be a talented NHL player. It doesn't mean the Bruins will ever let that happen because the Bruins notoriously have some trouble developing talent. We talked about that last week. The Bruins have not drafted and developed really any centers since 2011. They haven't really, I mean, so it's, yeah, no, they have a fucking development issue. I
2: agree. But we,
0: yeah I don't know.
2: Kev. Yeah, no, um, I'm with you, Jake. I'm a big Trent Frederick guy. And, He had the scoring touch in college. It's just it's taken him a little longer to get going here, but he needs to be able to play his game, like you guys have been saying. It's just if he doesn't feel comfortable doing that, like with Cassidy, he did one wrong thing. He's in the doghouse. He's punished for it. You need to let him just play his game. Let him do his third-line thing. Let him hit. Let him chirp. Let him score. let Let him do that thing. Let him be comfortable in all aspects of his game, and it will come. That's why I feel it's just you need to let him be him. So Look at you think, exactly? Yeah, I was thinking that and too. Over, and over yeah. time, it's you're gonna he's gonna grow out of that. He may grow out. He may end up being like Tom Wilson and be a dick his whole career. No, I I even think Tom Wilson's grown out of it a bit. I yeah. I actually
0: like Tom Wilson. I, I mean, he's an asshole out there. But Scumbag. He's, he's not like his hits sometimes are bad, but he's not like a bad dude. Like guys <laughs> around the league are don't. Sometimes hate. bad guys are on the league help don't, don't for the hate. Season. Yeah, but like. Guys around the league do not hate Tom Wilson. They don't. Like, look at look at him when he was at like when he's at like the All Star Game or or not the All-Star Game, what was he at? Like in the bubble. It's the past on him are hanging out all the time. There's like all kinds of stuff. Like those guys. they're not he's not like a bad dude. Like he's not Evander Kane. You know what I mean? He's not like you know what I mean? He's not like an asshole, I don't think.
1: So for Trent Frederick, let me ask you this. Do you think that they will truly let him play, let him make the mistakes, not pull him or reduce him in the lineup. You think that a year where the Bruins are going for it by bringing back the veteran team and trying to give one last kick at the can that they're going to just be okay with mediocrity in the lineup?
0: Yeah, no, they're going to allow young, not mediocrity, no, but they're going to allow young players to make mistakes. They've said this already. Montgomery's came out and said they're going to let young players make mistakes and find their way. Cam Neely said this team needs to do more of that. I, the writing—I mean, the writing's on the wall for the Bruins. As much as this is their last run, if they care about their future, they have to develop young guys on this last run with those veteran presence there.
1: They do. Yeah, I don't know. That's Who are you
0: going I... to put there? I mean, what you, you don't see Trent Frederick in the lineup.
1: I see him in the lineup, but I don't see him being you know an eighty-two game player. I could see him being in the fifties.
0: I, I think they want, I just, I think he's going to be on that team. It depends. They have to make some moves, right? Cause they added Zaka. In
1: and I mean, no I think this is kind of the they
0: added in Zaka and Krejci and we only lost Hall. So the moves have to happen. That's for sure.
1: So why don't we get into the the next topic here with some of the roster predictions to make this a little bit easier to break down and walk people through how <laughs> Frederick could be pushed out of the lineup. So uh, I believe Kevin had originally sent this in our group chat that they came out with a somewhat prediction via Jim Montgomery of what the top two lines in Boston would look like. The top line We're with Marshan, not healthy to begin the year. I'm talking okay. right out the year. Marshan being hurt. Yeah. You're having a top line of Pavel Zaka, Patrice Bergeron, and Jake DeBrusk. Yep. And then a second line of Hall, Krejci, and Pasternak.
0: Which will be, the, that'll be
1: their line all year. And we'll stop there for now before we kind of get into the, the coin toss. For that top six to start the year, I'm going to say that the second line is going to be significantly better than the first line.
0: I mean, that's not exactly, like, do you think you're Nostradamus for coming up with that? Do you want, like, a pat on the head? I, I think, think a lot of it. people
1: are down on Krejci. Have you like? I've been going yeah, no, through. I, I mean, the Twitterverse. If you know
0: anything about hockey, you know that the Hall Pasta line is going to be better than the line with Dubraszynszak. I don't really. Yeah, no, that line's going to be better. I'm not down on Krejci. Krejci's ability to to pass the puck to Hall and Hall and Pasta still there, very much so still there. I watched him play a couple months ago at the World Championship. Still there. He'll very well be able to feed them the puck. He could have his most assists he's ever had in his career this year.
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> like, so. I mean, the, it's the best, best talent he's, he's ever played. He is the best with.
0: pure goal scorer he's ever had. Taylor Hall is as pure of a goal scorer as they come. He really is. He didn't show it that much last year, but he did once he got Pasternak. And he's yep. just as good of a playmaker. And then the second purest goal scorer in the NHL is going to be on his right in Pasternak. The only guy that's a pure goal scorer is Austin Matthews. And I don't think that's very refutable anymore. I guess Ovechkin's yeah. there, but I think pure goal scorer, Pasta's right there with him, sitting there at number two.
1: So when Marshan comes back and goes to the top line and Zaka probably gets bumped down to the third line, what do you think then? Who do you think is going to have the more so significant is- line, one or two?
0: Two, still two. Depend. I mean, I, well, they'll probably be pretty even. It'll be really like two – I mean – you're going to have a guy who could put up 100 points in Marchand, a guy who can put up 100 points in Pasta, and then a guy who could put up 80 in Hall, a guy who can put up 80 in Bergeron, and a guy who can put up 50 to 60 in Krejci and DeBrusque, right? I mean, with the talent around them in a full season, I think they're pretty even lines. It actually, like, that's where I have so much trouble with the Bruins falling off a cliff this year because those two lines healthy just won't let them. There's too much talent there. The third line. Yeah, yeah. the third line, and that's where things get weird, obviously, right? Yeah. I think I don't know what it's going to look like because you are right. I think Zaka, Smith, and Coyle at this point in time are better players than Trent Frederick. I do, but I think the Bruins want Trent Frederick on that
1: line. I do. So I I, just, I do too in that so, line. I don't year. know. Like,
0: I don't get it. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I still don't. They haven't made a move. We've been talking about this for three months. They, they yeah. haven't done anything.
1: And that line last year, the 11-12-13 line, was really good at times. Like, great with puck possession. Did they score a ton? Not really. But all of their shifts, it was like a two-month span in the middle of the season where, like, every shift on the ice, you were like, holy cow. These guys are legit. Like, this is a great third line. Yeah, and typically that was something that the Bruins had – in their fourth line up until recently. And last year, I think was the first year that we saw the Bruins fourth line
0: have no identity
1: become completely insignificant. And it just seems like the Bruins fourth line now has become a dumping ground for middle six talent that gets pushed out and beat out for spots. And I think that was kind of one of the major flaws last year and I think that's gonna be the biggest headache and flaw of this team going into this year. The fourth line is yeah, a bag of pucks. The to fourth
0: line the fourth but it, the weird thing is like it's a fourth line that if constructed right will be one of the most talented fourth lines in the NHL, but that's really not the role.
1: So if we have a Zaka, Coyle and Smith third line, who makes up the fourth? Trent Frederick, you say that he's going to get some more time, we'll, we'll assume that he'll make the fourth I line. Just, I hate
0: him in a fourth line role. I just don't. It's just it's not. Could he do it? Yeah, he could, but it's not the best use of his talent. I just don't. I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to go Steen, Felino and Frederick. I don't. I don't know. You're going to wait. You yeah,
1: have no stick there. Yeah, I. Chris I Wagner.
0: think Wagner will be in Providence to start the year. I think we're pretty set on that. I think. I even, think he finished honestly, the season hard, but.
1: Honestly, I would rather have Wagner there than so I, I know, based I, on playoff. But I just don't know that it's going to happen. Yeah.
0: I think the Bruins, in all honesty, need to clear out Nosik, Felino, and Smith probably. To get what they want. Not even saying that's the best team, but to get what I think they want. That's what they need to do, but I don't know if they're going to do it. We could see guys get... I, I think this is going to be the most interesting camp, but we haven't even talked about Lysel. We have talked yeah. about Lysel who legit has a chance that if Lysel comes out on fire, Zaka's going to start the season on the third line.
1: Then I think you have more problems Bigger pro- yeah. again. And like, this is the epitome of the Bruins and why they struggle to draft and develop. Your top six is set in. Like, honestly, yeah. in my opinion, I don't see like, yeah, Fabian Lysel might get, you know, but nine it would be ten stupid. games. It'd
0: be stupid because when Marshawn comes back, what are you going to do with them?
1: You're going to put him on a third and fourth line? No, no this doesn't make sense.
0: That's just—I the thought just can't like wrap my head around that and has because it. is Because DeBrusque earned it. DeBrusque is going to be on that line. DeBrusque earned that. And I don't—I think Dick Craig DeBrusque can have a good year. Like I really do. I don't—I don't see DeBrusque falling backwards
1: again. But if Fabian Lysel comes in and he impresses and he performs, and say he comes in and they're going to say you had a really good camp, we're going to give you nine games at the beginning of the year. Yeah, which they could see what nine you do. Game trial. And if nothing works out, we're gonna send you back to the WHL in Vancouver or the AHL, probably the WHL. And we're gonna push your entry no. level contract off. He's, he's, not, he's, not, he's going
0: to Providence. They're they already said he's not going back to juniors. They said they already said that. Yeah, I missed that. Play in Providence or Boston. He's not. There's no way he goes back to juniors. So
1: you're burning the ELC no matter what. So they I guess it doesn't here. matter there. They but won. if he impresses, Jake DeBrusk, in my opinion. Comes Bye. more
0: expendable. But yeah, I, I mean it does because you have your, your wingers are, are there. I mean you don't really The
1: Bruins don't have a winger problem. Cause I mean if if you do that right But
0: DeBrusque's contract is so good it's just like it's tough.
1: If Lysel can put it together and give you top six minutes, is it going to be awful if you have a third line of Zaka Coyle, Debrusque?
0: No, you'd have a legit chance of being a playoff force. You could, you, DeBrus could play on a third line as long as he's, like, getting the right opportunities and he's playing power play and he's out there, you know what I mean? Like, he...
1: And then... I don't
0: think DeBrus would. DeBrus' problem with Cassidy and the situation was less, I think, that he was on the third line. He was playing with Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith. I don't think he felt disrespected by that. I think it was the minutes he got and the role he was in. You can still have third-line guys getting 18 minutes, 17 minutes. That. Coyle does it all the time. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't think that's a problem at all. But then it's just, it's just the Bruins are the weirdest team. Where like everyone's like, oh, they're Well, They have no depth, but they do. They have too much depth. They have an awkward amount of depth that needs to be moved to get assets to get younger and get draft yes. prospects. That's what needs to happen. It, it's like this classic situation of we were always like Bruce was always tinkering with the lines because he had too many options that are all at the same goddamn level. It's like, yeah. hey, if injuries hit, we have a guy to plug in. Yeah, but we don't need 36 guys who can put up 30 points to plug in. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. Kev, give us I your lineup. Kev, see... Give us your lineup. Connor and I have talked
2: too much. Give us your lineup. I mean, for what? Third, fourth line? Yeah. Yeah. Give us your third and fourth line. I mean, yeah. I mean, Zaka, Coyle, Smith. Unless they trade Smith. He's the name that I was talking about. Calgary wants Smith. Yeah, Calgary wants Smith. So. I don't think it's going to happen.
1: They would have to put money out. That's going to be the question. I yeah. mean, can you, can you work out a deal where you get you know either a Hannafin out of it? I don't
0: think so. Buddy.
1: Mackenzie Weger out of it? Mm,
0: are you joking? No.
1: <laughs> They're not
0: giving either of those guys <laughs> up, dude. They're trying to win a cup.
1: No, I'm dead serious. They're actually talking about moving a defenseman because they have an overabundance and they want more cap space. Yeah, it'll probably so be Clinton. Uyghur.
0: Yeah, it won't be Uyghur and Hannafin, I don't think.
1: Hannafin was the first name that was don't actually mentioned.
0: I think so. Buddy, I'm spitballing boy.
1: on Uyghur just because they haven't signed him to an extension yet and there hasn't been any talk so. about an extension.
0: I don't think they're going to move either of their top two defensemen for Craig Smith, but.
1: Well, I'm not saying it would be a one-for-one deal. They're not fucking Peter Chiarelli on the Edmonton Oilers, you know. But it doesn't make sense that Smith will go to another contender at this point. And I think that's the sticking point for the Bruins on trying to move him. They want something of value. And in order to move him to a contender, they are going to need to take cap space back. Like we're going to get into this in the next couple of episodes, but I went through and breaking down every team and every division and their cap space, who came in, who left. There's really a very, very, very small amount of quote unquote contenders who have any cap space. That's becoming the problem. It's just not there. I think your best opportunity, if Craig Smith is going to get moved, is going to be right in the middle of training camp or right after. If he doesn't, I don't see it happening.
0: No, yeah, no. I, it would have to be at the trade deadline. If not, I don't think. I just don't think. I think the Bruins. Yeah, no, I know. It's going to be weird. We're going to have to. Bruins training camp's going to out to it.
1: And then if, if he sticks it out till the trade. We're, we're running
0: real long on Bruins roster. We got to get into the defenseman. I got to move us along. That's oh, That's yeah. my job here. Another day. Another day. We, there's, we're going to have another podcast before the season starts. Bruins' defensive structure. I think we're pretty much in agreement with this. Connor, you can just rattle it off. Go.
1: Uh, so McAvoy, Grizzlick at the beginning year are injured, so I'll leave them out for now. Um, what I would really love to see is a top pairing of Lindholm and Zboril, a second pair of Carlo and Riley, and a third pair of Forbert and Clifton maybe mix a Sean in there somewhere if he has a good camp. But the the biggest piece of this defense core is I really want to see Jakob Zaborl in top pair minutes. I want to see what he's got. He played great before the injury last year. If they can work him into the top four and be able to bump Grizzly down into more favorable pairings on that third pair, I think that would be ideal for the Bruins going forward yeah
0: yeah i i don't disagree we're it's the whole bruins thing is just wait and see i'm done talking bruins it's making my head spin i just i don't i don't want to talk He's about getting frustrated anymore. Right now. yeah <laughs> i just it's just like there's just nothing's happened and we're just gonna have to wait and see it's all wait and see so we're gonna jump into my favorite segment of the podcast the one that reminds me of kevin just laying out on the beaches in nantucket the salt of the east We got some big deal signings in the East in the last week. Some big deal signings with two guys who are both top 10 picks. Guys, one of them who's already been onto a second team, will start there. Kirby Doc signing an extension to Montreal. Four years, 13.45 million, 3.36 AAV. Kevin,
2: how do you feel about this deal? I think for Montreal, it's, the AAV is perfect it's like, Doc still has that potential. He's still, what, only 23 years old. And he really hasn't put it together yet, but I think he's going to. He's still like – we've talked about this before. It's not these guys aren't coming to the league and it's at 18, they're putting up these crazy stats. Some of these kids, they need a little longer. They're coming to the NHL younger. Especially big body centers. Right. He's 6'4". Like, he just needs time to develop a little. So, Mm -hmm. I'm about it. So yeah. I like it. I think it's good. It gets him there four years. So when he's twenty seven, hopefully by then he's in his that's prime. his prime, so, right? Yeah. So and to mention
1: that's his UFA year. This walks him right to UFA,
0: right? Yeah, which is smart, smart for him. But he's a Canadian boy. Maybe I yeah. want to stay.
1: And f- for those of you who aren't watching us on YouTube, I pointed to my wrist when yeah, talking about. Scary. Kirby Doc he had a, a pretty gnarly wrist injury world and juniors. ever since he just hasn't looked the same yeah. and I think that's the biggest gamble of this contract and that's probably the main reason why the Blackhawks were okay to walk away from him he was
0: he walked into that world Juniors looking like he was gonna dominate he mm-hmm. got that wrist injury and I think he I think he played a little sooner than he should have and I think that was kind of known. And it, it definitely hurt him. I mean, hockey is so wrist based. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. So, like, you know, I mean, I do, I think Kirby Doc's healthy now. And I expect Kirby Doc to do pretty good in Montreal. Next one, a big deal. And it's funny because I have a lot to say on this one. So, Tim Stutzler signed in Ottawa, eight years, 66.8 million, AAV of 8.35, mo- modified no movement clause, 10 teams from years eight, five to eight. I'll let you start, Connor. How do you feel about this deal? And why do you feel differently about this deal than Tage Thompson?
1: At least Stutzla has shown more over a little more time. Has he been a superstar since he's been into the league? No, but he's had consistent production in the NHL. However, this is still kind of a crazy contract for a young kid. Um, this is kind of solidifying the transfer of power in the NHL. Instead of paying players to what they have performed, you are now buying a new car. You are paying for what you're expecting to get out of this asset. And that is riverboat gambling, 100% <laughs> on contracts, because you never know when a player is going to have a horrid injury or something and you know end the career. Um, but at the same time, a lot of these teams are looking at it as if we can lock these guys up now in this cap world, when the cap goes up two to three years from now, we're going to have the next Nathan McKinnon contract. And this is going to be fantastic. Um, but still, I mean, for somebody coming out of their ELC, it's a lot of money. It's not like he's a Connor McDavid or an Austin Matthews, right? You know, it's a little bit of a different story there.
0: You want to know why this deal got done? Go ahead. Take it away. Because he's going to center Giroux and Debrinket this year, and his va- his number was going to go way up. Oh. They had to get it done before he played with him. He, it, that's it, I really think. And I, don't, I, I agree with you. I think in like three or four years, this deal looks just fine. He's super talented. It's funny because I argued the opposite with Tage Thompson. Their numbers are kind of like there. Stutzla is Completely
1: much better. Completely different. Much
0: better. Stutzla is a very, very good player. Tim and, and he's only is, twenty years old. He's yeah, a future number old. one. He's a future yeah. top line, top player, all star. Um, he's elite. His skating super elite. I I, I think that Tim Stutzla is as advertised. And
1: everybody says that he's super dialed in. Oh, great kid! So too. dedicated this yeah. summer. So that means he's going to have one hundred and twenty points this season. Fucking book it. He's
0: part of that. He's whoa, part of whoa, that whoa. camp. Though. <laughs> he's part of that German camp, dude. He's part of that German camp. Him and him and Mo Sider just grinding.
1: Bro, oh whoa, man, whoa, whoa, whoa! That's the only two names you mentioned. Leon Drysital just gets the,
0: left. Not part of that German camp that's grinding together in the off season. I mean, they're German go, those, hockey. Those two are working out that. together. Yeah, yeah, it is. it is. It is. It is. It is. The Penguins. The Penguins had a deal in place to trade Zucker along with a first to get cap space. They rejected it. Are they done being all in? I don't know where this came from. It's just on the sheet. It's not so, for me. So.
1: This is something that I had heard about, and I did some of my own little research and talking to some people and looking through uh, some other media members' articles and what they were looking at. Um, earlier this summer, A undisclosed bottom team offered to take Zucker from the Penguins when they were kind of in the are we going to be able to bring Malkin and Latane back period? They didn't know if they were going to be able to make it work in the cap. This team reached out and they said, Hey, you want to get rid of that five to $6 million for this season? We'll do it. Give us a first round pick. No questions asked. We'll take them on. And the penguins turned around and said, no. So to me, that was kind of a change in the winds in Pittsburgh. Up until now, they've done everything and anything that they can to a dump cap space and b improve their roster to be all in, while they have Malkin and Crosby. And I think this is the the change of the winds where we're seeing the Penguins kind of realize that they're not a top flight contender anymore, and they need to start thinking about what's next. You know, you've got three to four more years of the Malkin Crosby Latang era. But to be honest with you, everybody talks a lot of smack about the Bruins prospect pool. I think the Penguins are pretty much right there.
0: They're what are like what are the Penguin? The Penguins next wave of like Jake Gensel and them, dude. I would take fucking pasta over Jake Gensel, their next upcoming stud. Their, who's their top young defenseman? It's their 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 youngest pair of defensemen studs surely isn't Lindholm and McAvoy. People no. forget. Like I love that when people just like they're they're acting like the Bruins are going to be done. The Bruins are still going to have Brad Marchand, David Posternock, Taylor Hall, Jake DeBrusk, and two stud defensemen. You can retool more than you need to rebuild. It, it's just like you won't suck. And the goaltending, the bull- goaltending. The, goal tending, it's the like, Bruins will uh, be mediocre. I don't want to talk about the Bruins anymore. I'm just going to get so frustrated. But
1: I something. think the Penguins are going to be just off
0: bad, yeah, yeah that will be bad and the bruins will be just mediocre so they'll like roll in and miss the playoffs Will be first of the playoffs for years and we'll get 12 and 15. it'll be
1: 2014 15 16 17 bruins all over again. <sighs> yeah but the penguins i don't know they had a really funky off season that i just don't understand like they have the new ownership group there The
0: Brian Burke effect, Connor. The Brian Burke effect. He's just confusing the shit out of everybody.
1: And Ron Hextall. I mean. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. This, it seems like the wheels are about to fall off pretty quickly there. But of course, Sidney Crosby, that name is going to keep them relevant. Keep them in the national, you know, TV presence. It is what it is. You just hope that it doesn't completely fall off, and Sidney Crosby make a joke of himself at the end of his career. He
0: know he won't. There's no way Crosby's too much of a. No. Crosby would be gone if they weren't competitive. He'll be on the first ticket to playing with his buddy Nate Dog. Nate Dog. I, speaking of Nate Dog, I don't know if we'll get. I'll get into him in the West. I'll add it in. One thing that I actually listened to this interview. John Tortorella, torts being torts, baby. He said he has concerns about the locker room and accountability. He said before they even step on the ice, he has some major concerns that have to get fixed. I also heard that Torts and the management group sent an email out to all the players on the team to let them know that this was going to be the worst training camp they've ever had and that it was going to be terrible. Can you imagine Kevin fucking Hayes getting that email? He's probably like, no. Like it's going to, oh my, Torts? Torts is either going to go in. And whip them into being a playoff contender again, or it is going to be so bad. It's good. there's no middle ground.
1: It's either going to be playoffs or gritty man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't
0: wait. I can't wait. He's going to say so much dumb shit in the media. It is going to be awesome. It. Do we have a Flyers writer inside the rink? Currently, no. We gotta get one because this guy is going to give sound bites like you can't believe. I can't wait till he calls out. Gritty, he's gonna like fight Gritty. There might be a chance they'll get an actual skirmish,
1: <laughs> rough and rowdy. Torts versus Gritty. I hate John Tortorella. <sighs> oh my god, can't But wait. it works. Like his process works for a year or for two. two to three years. Yeah, and then it kind of expires. But if then you, guys are like, "Fuck this dude." If you really look at the Flyers roster, it's decent. Like they, oh, they shouldn't be bad. Underperformed last year. By yeah. all all measure of the talent. So I guess this is really going to be the epitome of the players. You know, this is going to be a lot about the players. Do they come in and get ground grinded ground down by a coach and just be like, ah, you know, screw it, whatever. I'm just going to go through the motions. And they're going to have a really awful year and they're just going to get ripped by their coach and the media constantly or they're going to come out they're going to take their beatings by torts in preseason they're going to learn from him and get you know some of that culture out of him and they're going to perform and be a playoff contender
0: the best roster torts has had in a long time
1: well it helps that he hasn't really been around recently yeah
0: that's true if he was (laughs) I mean if torts the problem is with torts is like torts trade, like talent doesn't really like to play for torts. So we'll see how the roster looks in a year of torts.
1: But Cam Atkinson was like so excited. Yeah, I know. For torts. I know. That's the guys, confusing part.
0: I know it's it, because I think he's your classic, just old boys club kind of asshole where he literally picks favorites (laughs) like like there has to be a reason that some guys are like i love torts and then other guys are like he's the worst thing that ever happened and they're both like nhl veteran, well-respected players it's like same with
1: you know the mike babcock treatment he babcock was a little worse i think
0: babcock was a little on the abusive side
1: but you have players even from the detroit days who think that he walks on water you know
0: not dan cleary Dan, not Cleary, Dan does, Cleary. Dan Cleary is not. Or Franzen. Franzen, right? Is it Franzen who hates him?
1: Uh, I think both,
0: to be honest. Yeah, I think there might be more than just two. <clears throat> Chris Kreider being blamed for the carry price injury. Kevin. What is that about? You guys put things in the sheet today, uh, <clears throat> honestly, that I have n- I didn't look at the sheet till now,
2: and I have no idea what these things are. So I'm glad that you two are both here. Yeah, <laughs> no, so uh Bob Hartley who last coached in the NHL back in 2015, 2016, went on the – Who did he coach, Kev? I couldn't tell you.
1: Uh, the Flames, I thought. The Flames.
2: So he went on the BPM Sports Podcast in Montreal and discussed Carey Price and in that, in that uh, collision back in 2014 between Kreider and Price. And he was blaming Kreider for uh, ending Price's career early and all these injuries to his knees and everything that he continued to go through which is a very interesting take because that was a big thing back then. Price missed out the playoffs because of the injury, and Kreider's kind of known for hitting goalies.
0: So, Yeah, Kreider's also known for going 37 feet off sides because he skates too fast and can't stop himself. It has nothing to do with Chris Kreider being a dirty player. And oh, Bob, Har- Bob Hartley's a clown and just wants his name in the media. End rant.
1: Fair. Very fair.
0: That's all we're going. Okay, we're good with that. Yeah. We're all tied. Welcome to my favorite, just kidding, it's not my favorite segment because we don't have an intro video yet. We're working on it. We're working hard on it. The Wild Wild West segment of the Q the Duck Boats podcast. Mm -hmm. To Chuck wanted to be the captain in Calgary. I saw this this week. There are people who came out. Do you know who came out and said it, Connor? I can't remember off the top of my head. It was was one of his teammates. It was a
1: player. player. But it was an absolute plug who I actually had to search his name.
0: Yeah, yes. that's that's why I don't remember. It was
1: an
2: it but was an AHL player.
0: So that so one of the reasons Tuchuk wanted out of Calgary is because he wanted to be the captain and they wouldn't let him be the captain. Who is the captain of the Calgary Flames right now? Nobody. 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 What I think anybody. that Tuchuk probably had a legit shot at that. I don't. I think this might be nothing burger in news and I don't know that it's actually true. I bet you Tuchuk did want to be a captain, but he also they weren't willing to, to
1: guarantee, guarantee that he would be captain if he signed the contract. That I mean, was the sticking point. I just wonder, like, I don't, I wonder if that's true. I really do. Look at Brady Kachuk. Everybody said that, you know, he wanted to be the next captain and that was one of the things that he wanted you when know, he was inking his contract.
0: Listen, if, if you're smart, you let it to Chuck be the captain of your team. <laughs> they bring the culture. I would yes let and no. no. I, I mean, you wouldn't let either of those guys be the captain of your team. Bruins are in a little different situation, right? don't think Bruins, but. So now those two teams, those captainless teams that need culture, I think Kachuk giving Brady the C made sense.
1: Do you think, not now, but down the road, you know, even at their next contracts or later in their career, that the NHL will kind of be like, you know what? Bleep you, Kachuk family. No, with the way they go through contract negotiations and how they kind of play the media, that's going to get old eventually.
0: No, powers the powers moving to the players. Just get used to it. It's going to be everyone doing it. This Um, the LeBron James effect is coming. It's coming in every sport. It really is. Like there's nothing you can do about it. LeBron showed every single one of these professional athletes the playbook. Get yourself in the media. Make big. Everything on everything you do, and you'll make more money. And look at it happening. It's happening. There's no like the really like it's happening. What I but the I NHL
1: just, is always behind the eight ball. They're catching
0: up. They're the ESPN deal is them catching up. Freaking Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith talking about the NHL on their stupid shows. Is the NHL catching up? It, it, it is. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's going to happen. Like there's. There's more and more people now starting to watch hockey who aren't from the regular demographic that hockey created, right? It's just a good thing. It's, it's a very good thing. I don't mean that in a negative. This but. is where
1: like I'm struggling as somebody who is having a hard time letting go of what hockey was. Like yeah, but The was hockey that I loved yeah. was these dudes getting on the ice, and you had a fourth line that had one or two Badasses on it it would kill each other for their teammate it's gone it's done yeah it's it's dead and gone you know it's moving over to a more skilled league which i have no problem with that right yeah but i still have those traditionalist nhl heartstrings pulling at me and if i was a gm or an owner and matthew kachuk was like i want to be told that i will be the captain of the flames when i sign this contract if I were in Brad true living shoes at that point, I'd be like, screw you. Bye. I mean,
0: you know, that's not new, right? Like they Chara did that in Boston mm-hmm. and he wasn't like, he wasn't as big of a name as Chuck was at that time. That's really not that new. There are guys who want to come in and they want to create their own culture. So I, I don't, I mean, it's tough. Like I, I could never imagine being in that position, right? Being Like I don't want to be th- like, I don't get it.
1: But I mean, I just, maybe it just is to the point where like, like you said, this is now coming to the yeah, NHL. Like, this has happened league. for years and years and years. And we just never heard about it. Yeah. So I could bitch and moan that Charlie I, I is standing really, You things. know what I
0: mean? Like, I really think like that. I think like this stuff's been happening right. behind closed doors. It's becoming a player's league. It's easier to portray things in the media now. And fans, the new age hockey fans are fans of the WWE. They're fans of, they're fans of the WWE. That is the NBA. They're fans of all this stuff. Like, so they don't, they don't bat an eye at this type of stuff anymore you know what i mean fair hockey culture is just changing like it's just changing Rapidly. like i see it i mean like right i coach a hockey team like i, I see how hockey culture is changing and i don't necessarily think it's a bad thing you know what i mean like I mean, the game has to grow in the my dog just absolutely rammed into the door he wants <laughs> in the um i don't know i don't want to get into a deep dive in hockey culture but it's I mean, I grew up loving the culture of hockey and loving all of it. Right. But at a certain point you, you learn like, Hey, maybe there are some things that could be cleaned up. Right.
1: Oh, I, (laughs) you know, (laughs) there's a lot of things that need some work in the hockey culture.
0: Exactly. So I think that the, the more public everything is in the NHL, the better. Fair. JT Miller. Very surprised at this extension. Seven years Fifty-six million, eight million AAV. No movement clause from year one to four. Modified, no movement from years five to seven. Fifteen teams. Um, I'm going to put everything out there as one topic. Does this contract make it so Bo Horvat, Bo Horvat, sorry, and Connor Garland could be on the move because of the Miller extension? This I didn't write this question, so let me answer it first. Let me. You want me to answer it first? Go ahead. Take I think away. Garland very much could be on the move. I think Bo Horvat won't due to the fact they've told teams he's untouchable multiple times. I only know that because I listened to 32 thoughts podcast. I didn't come up with that on my
1: and own. It's their captain
0: and it's their captain. Yeah. The <laughs> like guy didn't like, so I just, I know because Elliot said it, that they've told teams you cannot have Bo Horvat. yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They also told people that we want to get rid of JT Miller and we, here we go with the country. I don't, I don't understand Vancouver. Vancouver's a team like Boston.
0: But when they're a little younger, but, but not have much. Way
1: more young talent. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, and also another name to throw in here is actually Oliver Ekman Larson, whose name has been thrown around as somebody they'd be willing to take offers on. So maybe we're
0: gonna get more Ekman Larson of the Bruins rumors. I think those are dead with Windholm.
1: I don't. <laughs> okay. Um, we can get into that after if you want to, um, but nah.
0: I think for next episode,
1: JT Miller coming in at eight million dollars kind of was destined to happen after the Cadre and the Huberto contracts. You know, just like salary wise, what I think is interesting is his trade protection through the trade. So he has made it very very difficult for them to move him at the beginning of this contract. And then at the end of the contract, he doesn't have trade protection. He just can't be sent to the minors. So they are setting themselves up to potentially ditch this contract. in yeah, He won't in the long be there, term.
0: man. He won't JT Miller's not going to be there for the long run when they,
1: and there's also been some scuttlebutt water cooler talk here that this may actually make him more tradable in the now since he has a contract signed and in place.
0: Yeah. A lot of people don't think that this means he's staying there.
1: Yeah. I think that, I mean, 8 million
0: is a decent number for him. He's he's worth it.
1: Yeah. He's worth it. But I think this gives a team who was interested in him, (coughs) New York Islanders, um, a definitive number to fit into their cap system, to let them know what they need to move out. To fit it in and i i think that's interesting because this is a good player and this would be
2: very an asset
0: interesting
1: but i i am with you on i don't understand what vancouver is trying to do to be no. honest now they they have the new management structure the new general manager and staff I was fully expecting them to walk away from JT Miller to kind of trade him in for a newer model, if you will, <laughs> to get a little bit younger to match the actual core of this team, you know, with the Horvat, the Besser, the Pedersen, the Quinn Hughes, like the Thatcher Demko, like that is your core. And I feel like when that core is competing for a Stanley cup, JT Miller is not going to be performing to this contract. He's just not. Yeah that's that's yeah. The, the biggest confusion for me like they're you still to that, probably Kevin? two three four years away.
0: No yeah I don't I agree I don't I don't really honestly Vancouver's one of those teams. I just I look at I'm like yeah, there's a lot of talent there but it's just not working so you might want to try to figure that out. That's no. how it's
1: been since 2011, right?
0: Yeah, since like, since, since, Brad Marchand, since Brad Marchand dropped his balls on their whole organization, city, town. Marchand propelled their to the, city down? Yeah, Marchand propelled to the top of the NHL. The Vancouver Canucks went down. I think Brad Marchand handedly ruined their franchise.
1: Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, as, as much as the Bruins can't draft and develop their own talent, the I talent feel like got has Vancouver has more longevity drafts and develops but they can't push their team across the finish line
0: and just like that it is time for kevin's favorite segment of the podcast the lucky duckies kev what do you have for us today make us all rich make Uh. us rich kevin
2: I actually didn't prepare for this one. Okay. I have a football bet for us. I can think. I'll yeah, give us a, a football little football
0: it. bet. This is going to be – we're going to be transparent. This is a hockey podcast. In the Lucky Duckies, we're going to talk football and hockey gambling.
2: Any way That's, to make money.
0: Any way to make money. I mean, we could tell you about a good deal off, off Craigslist. Maybe there's maybe there's a nice a nice piano that you could buy and sell for $200 more. Kevin Kevin's tapped in like that. He always has dollar signs on his mind. Okay, so I placed a little parlay cafe for today. It is a parlay of the Ravens money line, the Colts money line, and the Bengals money line. That is at odds of plus 124. Um, this is kind of like a, you know, you're betting on three teams who are expected to win three favorites. This is a week one of the NFL try to build your bank, try to just start to slowly build your bank up type bet. So, you know, you can put small money on it. Um, I think Baltimore's locked for the win. I think the Colts are absolutely locked for the win. And I think since he has a great chance at winning, Pittsburgh's not bad. So there's a chance there. But I do like all three of those teams to get the win. Um, Really nothing more about um, futures or anything like that. I
2: think we've given enough of those. Kev, do you have anything you like? Yeah, so after looking through this little lineup, I'm going to go with 49ers. And parlay that with the Broncos and parlay it with the Colts. Can't tell you what the odds are. I can. So, Broncos, Niners. I think Russell Wilson's
0: return to Seattle. So, Broncos, Niners, Colts is going to put you at plus 131. I think you're much, much, much safer taking my bet, but. No. Maybe not though.
2: I think San Francisco Chicago. Reward. I
0: know, no. I agree with you. I think if we're looking if we're doing my method of quarterbacks then I think you're you're just all right. I anything else guys? I think that kind of wraps guy. up kind of wraps up the podcast for us here. Make sure you guys are going over to insidetherink.com for all your hockey news. Check out our merchandise, check out all the other podcast merchandise and if, if you're a Bruins fan, you should be checking out the Bruins Benders podcast. I know we have a lot of people come to us who are Bruins fans. Definitely be giving them a check out. If you're a fan of a team like the Red Wings, we have we have the Perfection Line podcast, right? Perfection? That's not right. Production. Production, Production line. line. Yeah. I know I said that wrong. Perfection
1: line is involved. Yeah, I know.
0: I know. I'm fully aware. We got a, so my brain just shuts off. Rangers podcast. We have we have the Rangers podcast over there with Berkey. The Pangers. The Pangers pod. We got Chuck and Tendies, Chicken Tendies. Check Trick and tendies, tendies. Check everything tendies. women's hockey. Related. Everything in women's hockey. We got the Vegas podcast. They're out there killing it. Vegas Fever Podcast.
1: They do everything, Vegas, not just they hockey.
0: do, they do do everything. They they sometimes are talking like Vegas basketball. They get wild over there. What else do we have? We the have Dagger. Clifton. We have Clifton in the gang. We have the Cue the Dagger podcast. And For that's all you it, sad
1: Blackhawks fans. Yeah, and that's then the network. That's Leafs the network. Late night least late night it. Lee they are not on the website night. yet no, but that is they're coming boring.
0: they're coming yeah so we got cue the dagger cue the duck boats check attendees the Vegas fever podcast production line Bruins Benders and the New York pangers, a New York Rangers podcast <laughs>